Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swing on the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Hello, welcome to Georgia Southern Extra, the uh, podcast about Georgia Southern Athletics. My name is Nathan Dominance. I'm your co-host. My other co-host, McLean Baxi, is not here today, uh, but uh, I do have a special guest, Don Heath, who uh, people who read the Savannah Morning News or savannahnow.com will know, uh, was a longtime uh, full-time sports reporter for the Savannah Morning News and now still contributes uh, every week, uh, seemingly daily, to the Savannah Morning News in Effingham now. Don, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Nathan. Okay, great. Well, Don, uh, since we talk about Georgia Southern football here on the podcast, uh, how long did you cover the uh, Eagles? Was it, it was about 28 years? Yeah, 28 years. I was at the, uh, the newspaper for 29 years. Uh, my first year at the Savannah Morning News was 1986, uh, the year that they won, Georgia Southern won the national championship with uh, Tracy Ham. And yeah. um, I got the <laughs> Ham. And then uh, I got the beat the next year. Um, in 1987 uh with a a rebuilding team um but uh, coach russell was still there and uh and it was just a couple more years before they were right back in the thick of the national championship run and uh and uh and won another title won the third title in 1989. those are pretty heady days especially for somebody new on the beat um a couple things jump out at me one is when teams are winning and you come on the beat it probably makes things a lot easier. Everybody wants to talk to you. Nobody minds uh, interruptions for interviews. Uh, they have good things to talk about, first of all. Did the team lose many games, or was it uh, pretty much a, a big-time winning streak while you were there at the beginning? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just like one win after another. You know, it was really a, a love fest of uh, a lot of winning um, during all those years. Um, even when they weren't all that good, they still – managed to win eight or nine games and that, that, that was considered a bad season oh, that uh, is they always seem to they always seem to make the playoffs and then once they got into the playoffs they were they were very dangerous so, well that, that was uh, was that division two uh one double a or should one, i say uh, football championship subdivision <laughs> right we were talking about that before the show the uh, Georgia Southern, uh, right now, uh, here, uh, we're, we're recording this on Monday night, by the way. I should mention that. Monday night, uh, the game this Saturday is Tro- against Troy. Uh, but for right now, we're talking with Donald Heath about uh, a, whole, a whole era of Georgia Southern football being dominant at the, uh, the 1AA level, uh, beginning with Coach Eric Russell, who is a legend, beyond a legend, um, beyond an icon in uh, Statesboro and, and Georgia, uh, for that matter. Um, and then, uh, but they used to win or play for national titles seemingly every year, uh, sometimes uh, in some far-flung places, and sometimes, I guess, in, did they ever play for a national title in Statesboro? I believe so. Twice. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and they won two national championships in Statesboro. One year um, in the late 80s, in fact, 1989, when they finished up their, cha- their undefeated season, um, they won the championship in, in Paulson Stadium. Yeah. Um, what was and, that? Uh, that was uh, quite a scene. Um, th- back then, Paulson Stadium held 18,000 people, and um, they had 25,000 people for that <laughs> game. And for the longest time, that was, <laughs> as you can imagine, that was the record. 
even when the stadium was expanded, that was a, that was a record for quite a while. I believe it's twenty five thousand now, so they must have known something. What? Where did they put everybody? If it was eighteen thousand uh, fixed seating, did they just hang hang over the bleachers? Was there standing room only? Were there were there berms or lawns that they could sit on? Well, they had uh, yeah, they had lawns um, on each corner of the uh, of the field, and um, actually that was counted in too. So they expected to get nine hundred people on each of the lawns. So th- they brought in some extra stands, I think I remember, and uh, and uh, you had people standing on uh, each other's shoulders too. So <laughs> I think that's how they got the uh, twenty five thousand in. Is is it like one of those things in sports where? There's probably 25,000 people there, but there's probably 50,000 people that said they were there. You think that's the that, case? Uh, would, uh, that now say that they were there. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you wondered if, uh, you know, uh, even in the, the best of weather, if they, if people still, the students even care more about Georgia. And I asked a Georgia Southern student, I said, would P, are people in the, the sports bars watching this game on ESPN if they're not here? And they said, maybe, but, you know, if Georgia, they they'll they'll not go to a Georgia Southern game on campus to go to watch a Georgia game in Athens or or on the road if Georgia's playing Alabama or somebody like that certainly. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of an, a, a debate for another day. But you would hope that a, a student or a, a fan of, of Georgia Southern could could um, either also be a fan of Georgia or at least kind of not have their loyalty loyalty so split. But uh, yeah, I think that, they I think they are Nathan. I think um, I think. You can be a Georgia Southern fan and a Georgia fan. Um, I, you know, to be quite honest, they play at two different levels of the same level. Um, obviously, Georgia's in that Power Five conference uh, in the, the SEC, and and um, Georgia Southern playing in the Sun Belt probably isn't going to ever challenge you know Georgia um, for a top ten ranking or anything like that. So, so I think you can. Um, root for both teams. And I think in the old days, people did root for uh, both teams. Um, I think a lot of Georgia fans saw uh, kindred spirit in, in Georgia Southern because of uh, Coach Russell. Yeah, um, he was one of their own. Right? A tie to both schools. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can, you particularly back then, you could root for Georgia Southern and for a 1AA national championship and still root for your Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, to beat Florida or whoever they're playing. When they have to pick one or the other, like the the teams are playing around the same time, or you have to make a commitment in your schedule, you could only do one. And and the person I was talking to last Thursday night said, you know, maybe it's sadly, but he said, you know, uh, they're going to pick Georgia over Georgia Southern. I said, even if they're Georgia Southern students, they're wearing Georgia Southern gear, but they'd rather watch Georgia because they grew up rooting for Georgia. They're not going to school there, but they're still. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I can see people having a hard time breaking off that loyalty. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. I do kind of want not everybody either. That's not everybody. I mean, there's George Southern has a nice loyal following. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's what and, I want. And loud too. <laughs> yeah the the uh, the George Southern. You've seen um, the 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 strong following when they're uh, the program is winning when they're competing for national championships. You've also been there for the middling years and even some down years. Which have been kind of few and far between, I guess. But, but uh, how many uh, how many different coaches, head coaches, did you did you uh, cover? You want to start with uh, Coach Herb Russell? Oh, geez, uh, yeah, Coach Russell, um, Tim Stowers uh, came after that. Uh, let's see, well, I, you know, I mean, uh, not going in order. Munkin, 
uh, Jeff Munkin, okay. who's now at Army, uh, Willie Fritz, who's now at Tulane. Um, Brian Van Gorder. Um, Brian Van Gorder, uh, who I'm not sure what school he's with this year. Yeah. Um, Paul Johnson, obviously, uh, who, who coached at Georgia Tech after after Georgia Southern. Um, it's, it's quite a list of, and, you know, like if you did well at Georgia Southern, you might have a chance. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, sometimes the, the Georgia Southern coaches kind of got pigeonholed into, you know, oh, they run that funky offense, you know, that doesn't throw the football. So, um, so sometimes, uh, the, you know, the Southern Georgia Southern coach might have a hard time getting another job. I remember Paul Johnson telling me one time, he said, um, he said, you know, the five years that I've been at Georgia Southern, um, every SEC job had come open. And he had never – every SEC job, and I believe every ACC job, had come open, and he had wow. never received a phone call. And all he did was win 60 games in five years at Georgia Southern. Wow. So you're talking about being pigeonholed like, we don't want to bring that offense with us, and that's what Paul Johnson's teams do is play that triple option. Right. Run first, run second. We run don't third. think our fan base would like to watch that uh, that offense, and it was very explosive. I, you know, I don't know what you wouldn't want to see about it. It was, it was tricky. It was hand of flight in a way. Um, it was it was dangerous because you're constantly pitching the ball. Um, it was wide open. Um, I, I guarantee you, George Southern had as many explosive twenty yard running plays as they as. Kansas City Chiefs have 20-yard passing plays um, per game, um, so it was, it was pretty exciting. And people who people who watched it a lot, I think, appreciated it a lot more than than the you know you you see it out here when the Army Navy games played, and and sometimes those two teams, you know, it's hard to get things going because they they practice it and they run the same thing, so it's it's like one. A magician trying to uh, impress another one, you know, <laughs> you you know, you just can't, uh, you, you can't get anything going because you're, the other team knows the triple option, but, um, but you get a triple option team that knows what it's doing playing against the team, a good team that doesn't know how to defend the triple option. And it's mm-hmm. all over the, the, the team that doesn't know how to defend, it's going to get killed. Well, uh, he didn't put in that terms with the, uh, the Troy university coach, Chip Lindsay did mention how how hard it is to prepare for a um, an option attack like that on on a on a week on, you know on one week now maybe they've been working on a you know kind of as a secondary uh, detail uh, for weeks or months I've heard of teams doing that but you're right the uh, when when you don't play uh, this kind of offense and you don't see them but once a year um, teams have a really difficult time and as I my theory is if you have the athletes and if you have like a, in a bowl game situation. Uh, and maybe the numbers back this up. Uh, when Georgia Tech played bowl games and the opponent had six weeks to eight weeks to prepare maybe uh, for a Georgia Tech team that runs this offense or similar style of offense, they seemed to do okay. Now, maybe it had to do with the, uh, you know, two, you know, a quality opponent in a bowl game rather than just a week-to-week regular season opponent. But I always thought that teams that had that kind of extra time, that really took away an edge that Georgia Tech would have otherwise. Especially yeah, I'm George sure you're right. You've, you've got to get your scout team to uh, understand how to, you know, say you had one week to prepare for Georgia Southern running the triple option. Basically, you have maybe four days that you're going to be practicing. So maybe. somehow or another, 
you have to get your scout team to understand it. <laughs> then they've got to put the, the proper look to your defense. You know, so it's and you got to have somebody that's a lot, like, of, that's a like lot of teaching in work. a very short amount of time to to get to get ready for it. And I remember um, Georgia Southern was playing uh, Montana one year for the national championship, and uh, Montana came in with the nation's leading. Uh, rushing defense, and Georgia wow. Southern led the nation, you know, and led one double A in uh, rushing offense. And so the Montana people were like touting it as, oh, this is what's going to give the leading rushing defense against the, the leading uh, rushing offense. But it was it was never that way. This was the, the triple option that they they use. That's not they're not just running between the tackles and trying to push everybody around. They're 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 looking for open space and trying to create, you know, big gainers. And, uh, and against Montana in that game, on the second play of the game, Georgia Southern ran the triple option, pitched it out to a slot bag. The guy ran like 75 yards to the one-yard line, and they had already topped what Montana was giving up a game. Yeah, so uh, how did, and, and how did that turn out? Refresh my memory. And Georgia Southern won a fairly close game. I think yeah. it was 27-25. Adrian yeah. Peterson ran. So that was, uh, now that I remember, it was uh, the year 2000. And uh, Adrian Peterson had what they call the run, num- right. the number two run. And that was, uh, it was it started pouring in the second half and, and through the mud. Adrian I've seen ran, video of this game, yeah. Yeah, 57 yards for a touchdown that broke the, the – I think they were losing going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the run number one was that famous one against Youngstown where Adrian went up the middle and you know, knocked, knocked five or six guys down, broke into the open. Guys that got up caught up to Adrian. He knocked them down again. And the very last thing, there's like three or four guys on, on – on Peterson, just as he's about to be pulled out of bounds, and one guy's by his foot, and he takes his arm and he just shoves him <laughs> out of bounds before falling uh, falling down for you know about a sixty yard gain. It wasn't for a touchdown, but it was it was it was one of the few times that I've ever been in a press box where everybody yelled at at the, when he finally got tackled. It was, wow. it was like pandemonium in the press, but even for the other teams, writers, they were like, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Yeah, and, and we should we should put a, a note on that. There is no cheering in the press box. As There's a rule. no cheering in the press box, yeah. But, 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 and that's true. That's not, a, that's not just something people say. But when right. something extraordinary happens, uh, whatever it is, it. Yeah. yeah, you just, you're, you're, you're caught up in the moment, let's say, uh, you may be able to be stone faced, but you hear the announcers and and uh, get caught up in the moment. Certainly uh, on a regular basis, but but people who are trained not to not to be uh, cheering or not to not to pick sides and and all that. But when you see something extraordinary, where when um, uh, you could relate it to uh, Steve Young, the quarterback for the 49ers for so many years, who had one of these runs where and it's a quarterback uh, and a great running quarterback, maybe the best, one of the best, certainly. He he spun out of tackles. He he did stuff to make defensive linemen who are and uh, linebackers who are trained how to tackle made them look silly on this one run. And you've seen Barry Sanders do that. Or, uh, those of us of a certain age have seen all kind. Gail Sayers, who just passed away a week or two ago, uh, just a little before my time. But but uh, and that's the, another question I want to get to you, Don. As uh, we get uh, pretty far into the show now, but uh, 
you saw Adrian Peterson on a daily or weekly basis. Now, for anybody out there that's kind of catching this in, in a 2010-20 moment, Adrian Peterson, the running back, uh, the longtime NFL running back, played for the Vikings and the Saints very briefly and the Redskins the last couple of seasons, I think now with the Detroit Lions. That Adrian Peterson, who a certain Hall of Famer, same name, same position. Uh, their 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 careers might have overlapped by a couple of years, but Adrian Peterson, the Georgia Southern legendary running back, or was he listed as a fullback? Actually, uh, he um, he uh, he's in you know every kind of Georgia Hall of Fame, every Georgia Southern kind of related Hall of Fame, but he's not that Adrian Peterson, the current not NFL that Adrian, Adrian Peterson, but he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, right? Um, they're both that, probably. The, yeah, Adrian, our Adrian Peterson, Georgia Southern's Adrian Peterson, um, I mean, he put together one of the most amazing streaks anybody's ever heard of. He, had, he, he, rushed, he rushed for 100 yards every game from his first game as a freshman until the, maybe the eighth game of his senior year. And um, – that game, the, the game that he got stopped for his 100-yard, uh, and they, they were playing 15 games a season, too. So this was even in the playoffs. Sometimes in the playoffs, he went even he went off even for more yards. Um, but um, it was against Appalachian State, and they did everything they could to stop him, and they even lost the football game because they gave up. J.R. Revere scored, I think, three or four touchdowns that game. And all the emphasis that they were putting on was just to stop jo- just to stop Adrian Peterson and his streak. How, do you remember how close he got to 100, or was it just one of those? He got about about 80, I think, 75, 80, something like that in that game. And but and most importantly to him, I'm sure that Georgia Southern won the game too. I guess yeah, after. he he couldn't have cared less. Yeah, afterwards, you know, because that was the big story. Is like you know the streak came to an end. Um, it was um, it was a, a college football record streak um back then they didn't count bowl games so or playoff games Adrian would have had adrian broke um archie griffin's record i think archie griffin ran for like 35 straight 100 yard games and adrian's was i think 38 or something like that 36 and And, archie um, griffin but but he would have had 12 more if you counted the playoffs oh amazing runner what was his style i I mean we've seen him uh, run over people. Uh, did he have the speed, the power? He did everything, I guess. Yeah, he had power, um, and it was the, 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 the triple option itself. You know, um, people had to figure out what they. You know, they were so scared about giving up the outside, um, which is open space, mm-hmm. that sometimes the middle was. You know, you always think that make sure nothing gets outside. And you know, and stop inside, but um, or make sure you know you, you you can have people running to the inside, but you can't you know, and you may not be able to get to the outside. Um, but so Adrian was able to take advantage of the offensive scheme that Georgia Southern. He was a perfect fit for the triple option, and that's the first yeah. option is the handoff or the fake to the fullback, and the quarterback runs, and the the quarterback can keep or pitch it to a trailing slot back. Mm. So that's uh, I just told you about uh, 35 of Georgia Southern's 50 plays in a football game in the old <laughs> yeah. days. Well, and uh, I do want we have time if you have a, a story about Irk Russell or maybe one of your favorite stories about uh, covering Georgia Southern football. Maybe it was uh, 
a plane ride to North Dakota or whatever. Uh, you, you covered games in like blizzard conditions or uh, uh, monsoon. Uh, hot. Yeah, we covered the game in the hurricane in um, what year was that? Uh, 89, 1989 when um, an actual hurricane. Uh, actual hurricane coming through. Uh, what was the one that went to Charleston? Um, I don't want to tell you wrong. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it was in a hurricane. It was, um, it was a big game for Georgia Southern. They were going to be on ESPN, or they were on ESPN. It was a Thursday night game back when they had Thursday night college football games, which was a rarity. Um, yeah. Georgia Southern was playing Middle Tennessee, which was a real – Hurricane Hugo, I'm sorry. Hugo, okay. And, um, and um, uh, the – the question was, it was coming, it was coming right at us, you know, and Georgia Southern was, you know, should we have the game, which was, you know, they didn't even have lights. They brought in um, temporary lights to the stadium back then. And Wait, it was going to be on ESPN, you know, 730 at night. And, a hurricane and temporary light standing. Sounds like a bad mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How would you like to have been uh, the camera on top of uh, the Lupton building in that game? In that game huh? but, uh, so, what, um, so they didn't evacuate the campus? They didn't evacuate Statesboro? They, they played the They game. did not evacuate anything. And um, they had 17,000 fans. The place held 18,000. 18, they had 17,000 fans that day. Very wet. And, so um, it was just uh, everybody was excited. It was you know let's have a hurricane party. And and who what and who were they playing again? Middle Tennessee. Uh, middle Tennessee, and beat them uh, uh, sixteen. You get eighteen thousand uh, now for middle Tennessee. Sixteen nothing, I think maybe or something like that. Huh? And that just shows the power of of uh, and the importance of Georgia Southern football. Um, uh, I don't know who had, who made the call on that. Whether it was uh, a combination of people, but. But uh, just the, the, the uh, do you have an Irk Russell story? Any kind of uh, exchange you had, or a famous exchange that you heard him? I'm and that, I, and I want to follow that up with Paul Johnson because Paul Johnson had a way with words too. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, you know we all knew the stories about uh, Coach Russell and 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 how friendly he was to everybody. Um, is, is a big thing. And, and some of the words, just some of the simple things that he would say to people were just resonate so, so far from, you know, the, he would, you know, he did the little things like, uh, try your best. You'll be glad you did, you know, type of things like that. They had one rule and that's do right. You know, um, right. It, it's just little things like that. But, uh, the uh, story, um, well, one story. Okay. Uh, I remember him telling this story one time. He said, um, he, you know, his wife was getting on him. He thought she thought he was drinking too much beer, so he promised her that he would just drink one beer a day. And so he okay. said, so "That's when I started." So he said, "That's when I started drinking quarts." Ah, <laughs> she should have been. She should have been more specific in her uh, request. <laughs> in the size of the bottle that, yeah, he was drinking. Right. Uh, right. And another time, I remember um, we were at uh, we we're in Louisiana. And Georgia Southern just beaten Nickel State, and the uh, coach had lit up a, a cigar, and a Louisiana writer came over and 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 started talking. And you could see he was like all excited and said, "And said, Coach, what kind of what kind of cigar is that?" And Russell looked at him and just went, "OC, that's an OC." And uh, the guy wrote, you could see he's like scribbling down on his pad. And, uh, and it was like, what's an OP? And, you know, 
And uh, and Russell just looked at him and went, other people's. Oh, I'm glad you kept it clean. <laughs> I didn't know where that story was going, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he, he uh, kind of the man of, of his time as his element and uh, it was a perfect fit. Uh, didn't didn't. Uh, and I don't didn't they have a story about when they first started football? Did he have to go to I don't want to spoil the punchline. Did, did they have a funny story about just starting the program? Uh, well, the story that they tell was there wasn't even a football in the athletic department. So they had to go across the street where, the, where there was a Kmart and they bought a football but i'm not sure if that's true <laughs> so i hate to i hate to spoil that one but that is certainly a story you know as a prop you know they're going to announce coach russell is going to coach our our new team we don't even have a you know we don't have a program but we you know we've just got a coach and in a couple of years we're going to start our program and so there was not there wasn't even a football in the you know, anywhere in the athletic department. I hope they found a good one at the, at the Kmart where there's one of those footballs. We we got to wrap this up. Uh, You've been a a terrific guest. Is there any, any other uh, story? It's hard to pick them out cold like this, but is there any other things that when you talk about what your life was, uh, you covered from Irk Russell through uh, so many uh, years and, and wins and players and your last, the last team you covered was Willie Fritz, right? Who uh, uh, got them into the, when they their first season in the FBS, and right. Uh, right. you got to see them. Did you were you there when did they play um, uh, any other SCC teams this year, that year? I know they played Alabama. Uh, that year they played uh, North Carolina State. Um, they lost by I believe one point. Um, they played Georgia Tech. Fell behind uh, thirty-five to seven at halftime, maybe. Took the lead in the second half, and then and then lost in uh, late in the game against Georgia Tech that year. And then they played Navy, was their other you know name opponent that year, and um, and got beat pretty soundly by Navy. But uh, oh, they, they, they um, I think they went undefeated in the Sun Belt. And then there was a lot of talk. It was a transition year for them, and um, people were trying to push them into like possibly playing in a bowl because mm-hmm. they had such a good record and then they had a, a, a they were going to be the conference champion but um the NCA didn't 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 budge on on the fact that they were in transition and they couldn't they weren't eligible to play okay so uh so you were there though uh, i guess it was an earlier when they were still FCS uh when they beat Florida in Gainesville Florida in the swamp right you were there for that i was there yep so um, did people rank that uh, and maybe people looked at him twice. Did people say that was the biggest win in Georgia Southern history? And you had to say, well, wait a second, you played for six national titles and, and won four, right? So, but yeah, they've won actually six national titles. I've only, I've seen four of them, um, but they've won six. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, as but far as beating a name opponent, obviously Florida is the, is the, is the win that anybody would remember. Um, but yeah, you do have to say, what would you rather do beat Florida or, or win a national championship? And hopefully somebody would say win a national championship. That Florida team that year only won four or five games. Right. Someone else will say that was like a mediocre, that wasn't an urban Meyer special team. Oh no, no, that wasn't, that wasn't Appalachian state beating Michigan. Yeah. So, so, but it was a special day. It was one of those things where I believe, if I recall, uh, this is several years ago, 
you go down there and you go, well, is it worth the trip? Is it worth the expense to go down to Gainesville? Um, you know, well, and yeah, then, you know, the newspaper wasn't going to send me. I have, um, I have relatives in, in, the, in that central Florida area. And I just said, you know, I can, I can stay someplace for free and, and uh, you know, I'd like to go to the game. And um, so that was, you know, back then the paper was just not going to, you know, they thought that that was just the end of the season. It was a transit. That was the transition year for Georgia Southern and they were only six and four. And um, so they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to the one double a play or FCS playoffs. They weren't going, you know, nothing was going to happen. It was, they were just playing Florida and, um, you know, it turned out to be <laughs> the game, the most memorable game of all, for sure. Right. Well, hey, Don, uh, we're, we're running out of time. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Don, uh, Don Heath, uh, Savannah's own. Uh, Don Heath, who covered George Southern for so long, and so many other uh, things that you've seen and, and been able to do uh, in a great career in sports writing, sports reporting. Don, thanks so much. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to wrap up the show here. We're running out of time, but uh, we'll talk about Troy and uh, Savannah, um, Troy playing at Georgia Southern this Saturday at one o'clock at Paulson Stadium on ESPN three. We'll talk more about how the game went next week. Uh, it's a big Sunbelt Conference game for both teams. Uh, both teams have uh, good records right now. Troy's won the last three in the series, which has got to be a sore point. Both teams are four and two overall. Troy is two and one in the Sunbelt. Georgia Southern with that win over South Alabama last week up to two and two. And this is the second game of a three game homestand. So uh, really important for Georgia Southern to make a case here to beat a very powerful offense from Troy. And uh, Troy's got, they're on their second quarterback. Their first quarterback, Gunnar Watson, was injured. And uh, Jacob Free came in and uh, not only put up 300 yards in a close loss to Georgia State, but he put up over 400 yards and a really dominant performance against Arkansas State, who's a good team. So we'll talk about Troy against Georgia Southern next time on Georgia Southern Extra. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Fast swing on the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern!